Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the QuietMark podcast. I'm your host, Simon Gosling, and I'm the CMO at QuietMark. And QuietMark is the independent global certification program associated with the UK Noise Abatement Society Charitable Foundation. Through scientific testing and assessment, QuietMark identifies the quietest products in multiple categories spanning many sectors, including home appliances and technology, building sector materials, and commercial sector products. If you follow QuietMark on social media, you'll see that we regularly share all sorts of interesting news from the world of sound. And one such recent news feature in The Guardian on Friday the 24th of June 2022 by Caroline Davis and Harry Taylor led with the headline, It's Atmosphere, Is Noise of London's Restaurants Just Part of the Charm? And the piece looked at a survey that has found the Capitals eateries to be the loudest in Europe and second noisiest in the world. So let me just read the first couple of paragraphs from that piece. It says, Cutlery clanging on plates, chairs scraping across a hardwood floor, the boisterous anecdote of a half-cut raconteur. When it comes to restaurants, one person's idea of a good atmosphere has another reaching for their earplugs. But for those who like their food, served up with the decibel levels of a motorbike or lawnmower, London is the place to be. It's said that data released this week, back in June, reveals that the capital's restaurants are the loudest in Europe and second only to San Francisco worldwide. A random survey by Soundprint, a global app measuring noise levels, found that 80% of 1,350 London restaurants were too loud for conversation. Half of those measured exceeded 80 decibels during peak times, which is louder than a vacuum cleaner, and passed the threshold for potentially endangering hearing. The restaurant at the top of the table, according to the data provided by app users, was the Japanese restaurant Shak Fuyu in Soho, which registered 94 decibels according to one reading submitted. So, upon reading that interesting feature, I shared it across QuietMark's social media channels, including links to QuietMark's Acoustics Academy restaurant page, which provides acoustic solutions to help improve sound levels in restaurants. In that post, I also tagged Soundprint, who had conducted the survey, and to my delight, I was immediately contacted by Sharon Cohen-Bunkin, who's the Director of Marketing at Soundprint, who kindly suggested that we do a Zoom call to learn more about one another's businesses. And it was during that wonderful call that Sharon and I decided that we should do a podcast together with the founder of Soundprint, Gregory Scott. And so that's who I'm delighted to introduce as the guest of this episode. So with no further ado, let's introduce Gregory Scott to the programme. So welcome to the show, Gregory Scott. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we're really excited to have you here too. Thank you for giving up the time. What time is it where you are and where are you? It's, uh, it's about 10.30 a.m. and I'm here in New York City in Manhattan. It's so hot in London. Is it the same over there today? Um, the weather's been pretty good. Actually, it's a little humid, uh, somewhere between 75 to 80 uh, degrees. Oh, that sounds pretty... Fahrenheit. 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 Well, that sounds pretty pleasant. So, Greg, we said in the... We talked a little bit there in the introduction about Soundprint and mentioned that you're the founder of Soundprint, the app that allows you to rate and review places based on their sound levels. But I'd love to know more about it. Can you tell us what you were doing before Soundprint, what sparked the idea for the app, and how it all started, please? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was living here in New York City doing research, and um, like many New Yorkers and many 
young people around the world. I was hoping to find love through online dating. Mm-hmm. And um, I have hearing loss, and it was important for me to find quieter venues so I could hear my dates. And so whenever I was trying to pick a venue, I would Google Quiet Spots NYC, and I would look at Yelp. I would look at Foursquare. These are websites that give you information on the venue, the price, the cost, and I was just hoping that there would be something about sound levels in them. Open Table, for example. Uh-huh. And about 98, 99% of the time, when I would choose one of those venues and go to them, they were not quiet at all. They were very noisy. Right. And uh, this was for a variety of reasons. Uh, one being that there was a lot of background music. Maybe there was poor sound absorption material, like no carpeting, no drapes, you know, how the speakers were positioned, the table spacing, everything. The point is that there was no reliable source of quiet spots on the internet. And I noticed that I started having anxiety about going out on these dates because my hearing loss um, is very difficult to hear a high frequency. And a lot of the women I would, would meet have high frequency uh, voice. And in a, when I had a date in a noisy spot, it was very hard to hear what they were saying. It was hard to have connection. And um, that was something I really wanted to avoid, a better spot so I could connect with them. And so when I did find a quiet spot, I would make a note of it. And um, eventually I created what is called a so-called quiet list of spots in New York City. And I would verify them through taking sound level measurements. And then I have a lot of friends with hearing loss and a lot of friends with normal hearing who kept asking me for these lists of quiet spots. And I would send it to them. And then I was traveling home to uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, where I'm from, where I grew up, and I wanted to have dinner with my mom. And she said, where would you like to have dinner? And I said, a quiet spot. And she said, where? And I didn't know where to go because I haven't spent that much time in the restaurant scene out there. And then that's when I thought, oh, that's when I had the epiphany. Wouldn't it be great if we could all crowdsource sound level measurement to help each other find quieter venues uh, and avoid noisy ones. And so hence the idea of Soundprint was born and that's basically how it all got started. And then what ended up happening was I realized that there was no data on sound level that really existed for people. And so not only did the app help you find quiet spots and avoid noisy ones, it gave you concrete data based on telling you how loud and quiet every venue was, every neighborhood was, every state was, or every country was, and you can use that data to share it with public health entities. And that's basically how the data in the um, the London press picked up that London was the second noisiest city in the world. It's really interesting because um, you've, you thought there should be an app for this, but were you in app development before Soundprint? Uh, yeah. So I have zero technical software expertise. And uh, when I had the idea, simply outsourced the mobile app development to an agency that did a very good job. And then over time, I brought an incredible uh, CTO on board who's been a great partner in developing the app. And let's talk a bit more about the app. What's the user experience of the app? What does it enable people to do? Sure. The app has been designed 
very keenly to remain and be very simple and, and intuitive for the user. There's two main functions of the app. And the first one is what we call the sound check. And it's basically, you take a measurement of the environment that you're in. So you, you download the app from the App Store or the uh, Google Play Store, go through the onboarding process, take a sound check, and it measures um, how loud your environment is. And you need to do that for a minimum of 15 seconds. Um, some people say it should be shorter at 10 seconds. We feel 15 seconds is a good minimum to get a sense of the environment. Um, however, some people do it much longer. Usually the longer the measurement, the better uh, to be more robust. Some people do 30 seconds. Some people do a minute. Some people do as long as an hour. But you need to do it for a minimum 15 seconds. And the objective output will tell you two things. It will tell you whether the venue you're in is conducive to conversation, whether the, it's hard or difficult or easy to have a conversation with somebody. And then it also tells you whether the place you're in is safe or dangerous for hearing health to preserve your hearing against noise-induced hearing loss. And you basically submit it. You tag the venue that you're in. It uses your GPS location. And if you don't see it on the drop-down list, you can add the venue manually. And then after that, you have uh, uh, the user has the option to give us more information that is very valuable. So in addition to the objective measurement, you can say how easy it is from a subjective experience, uh, how you think the difficulty of conversation is. So you can have a loud place and you can still think that the place is good conversational authority. And then you can say how occupied the venue is. It can be empty. It can be, you know, completely occupied. So if a, a venue measures objectively of loud, but you think it's good to have a conversation and it's crowded, most likely that tells you that the place has been acoustically treated or is sonically optimized for conversation and the experience. The other two important things we do is um, we allow users to nominate places to the so-called quiet list. It's when a user strongly believes that um, other people shouldn't know that a certain place can be reliably quiet and it appears in the search results, and we'll get to that in a second. And then the other thing the user can do is register a friendly noise complaint to the venue. And when you submit the noise complaint, it enables us as the platform to contact the venue and notify them that one of their patrons would like them to do something about the sonic atmosphere, put them on friendly notice, we connect them to, we give them inexpensive tips for how to improve their acoustic. We may mention other um, options for them to seek out, maybe, you know, other acoustical mm -hmm. firms uh, and so forth. So I have put the user at the center of connecting, sorry, the acoustical designer with the, the venue and we help the user engage that. And so basically, Sound checks are important because we live and die with these sound checks. It requires crowdsourcing from users. The more sound checks and measurements that people submit, the more robust and valuable the database becomes. And so we encourage people that whenever they're out to make it a habit to take a sound check, whether it's a restaurant, a bar, a gym, an office space, a church, a park, whatever, make it a habit. It helps people know the quiet places to visit, put venue managers on friendly notice, and then it contributes to uh, the data and the hearing health awareness mission of saying how loud or quiet things are and share that with uh, public health research. So that's all 
the sound check uh, function. And then the second main function is the search function, which enables basically users to find the quiet spot or find the places based on how loud or quiet they are. And you can filter it uh, based on the location of the city you're currently in or a place you're traveling to. And you'll see whether a place gets a noise complaint. You'll see whether uh, the venue is specifically recommended as a quiet place by the user. And then you also see uh, what the general uh, sound levels have been. And the more times a place has been measured, the more robust the data for each venue becomes. Well, you'll be pleased to hear, Greg, that I actually used it in going out in a restaurant uh, near me last night. And I was really impressed to see how many restaurants in my area, and there are a lot. I live in West London. It's really sort of culinary, yeah. culinary around here. There's tons of restaurants. Many, many, many of them had uh, sound print uh, ratings on there. And so actually, how many downloads have you got now and whereabouts are you? To date, we have about 170,000 downloads and users. The growth has been really good uh, prior to the pandemic. The growth was astronomical. And then COVID hit, so there was understandably a pause uh, in the number of people who were going out and taking submissions, but we're starting to see those numbers go back up again. We primarily initially released only in the United States and Canada. And then over the last few years, there's been a big expansion of the app in uh, Europe and the UK. Uh, the UK has the third highest number of sound checks. Uh, Australia also has a lot of sound checks. And then you have a lot in um, Switzerland, France, Germany, Brazil, Argentina. So you're starting to see the app pick up. But most of the marketing resources have been focused so far in the United States, Canada, and the UK. And we're just starting to do the UK. You mentioned there before and sort of after COVID, and I'd like to touch on that with you because something we've looked at quite closely on the Quiet Mark podcast is office design and also the great resignation, you know, people not really wanting to go back to offices. I, I went to an open plan office today and it was almost empty. It was crazy just how few people were returning to the office because they like working from home. Um, when they did go back to their office, they were in open plan spaces with people doing Zoom calls around them. And they were like, I can't even focus here. I can't concentrate. My office feels so loud. I want to stay at home. Do you think the same's happened in the restaurant world? I think uh, what's going on is what COVID has done has made people experience what a quiet world really sounds like. And it makes people more attuned to how intermittent or sudden noise or even loud noise, which isn't as frequent during the pandemic, how it affects their senses. It becomes a shock. Not only the hearing, but also, you know, the stress on the body. And so when getting a lot of feedback is uh, from users specifically, but some uh, restaurants as well, is that they're more cognizant of the issues that noise has on the sonic dining experience and it put it heightened the awareness of exactly how loud things have become over the years mm. and there's a certain awareness that perhaps things can be muted down a little bit what also came out of it which is interesting is somebody once mentioned to me that you know the transmission of covid perhaps 
the transmission rate is more likely to occur if people are shouting because things are too loud. So there's also a health uh, angle that one could argue that you want a lower place so that people don't need to shout as much. Mm. In restaurants as well, we've seen that the trend as well of reflective surfaces, so shiny concrete floors and open suffixes with the pipes exposed, that nice trendy sort of loft look. Uh, one of the things we've seen with office design, uh, as I was saying, was that, well, people are talking about we're moving from open plan to broken plan or more zonal ways, more partitions, more planting, more yeah. more quiet zones. Whereas we sometimes see, I mean, I was watching Boiling Point on the, on a TV recently, a film where it's all take, shot in one take, Stephen Graham plays a chef but the camera goes from the dining area to the very deliberately exposed open cooking area is that a trend we might see going away on these shiny surfaces do you think that might change um i think there's certainly um an awareness of how these open uh kitchen spaces and these hard surfaces has affected the dining experience i definitely see more restaurants and a beginning of a trend where uh, the venue managers are starting to acknowledge just the impact of the noise and how they design the space is affecting things. So I do think there will be a trend away from it. We definitely want to be a part of that and help educate these venue managers. I mean, a lot of times when you talk to them, they just simply aren't aware of the small and expensive things that they can do. For example, um, I mean, open kitchen, that's something that comes through the initial design phase, but you can put in drapes, you can put in plants, you can put in tablecloths, you can put in uh, sound absorption materials underneath the chairs. Um, you know, you can lower the background music. You can even position the speakers so that you create um, the, uh, the direction of sound to create a quieter alcoves or area in the restaurants. Um, you can position, put appliances, you know, espresso machine, um, away from the outside bar, put it somewhere um, away. If you see, have a table like seated near a bar with all these machine appliances, move the appliances to the back, you know, in a hallway towards the bathroom or somewhere just a little bit away from the diners. Um, so there are inexpensive things that people can do. Uh, we've seen um, venue managers start to think about that. It's really going to be um, dependent on uh I believe users uh, making sound checks, putting them on notice, um, us contacting the venues and making them aware of it and partnering up with acoustic um, consultants, designers, and other acoustical firms to really push this and really help educate these uh, venue managers on the things that they can do. Mm. And of course, we started with your speed dating uh history yeah. and then we're talking about restaurants and venues but the app itself is so smartly designed it doesn't have to be limited to restaurants surely no definitely not we that's initially how we launched the app was to try to get a wide of a um, like a narrow of a, but a mainstream focus and that was hospitality so we started with restaurants bars and coffee shop and that definitely uh, hit the consumer the most but we've also expanded to other venues and any venue can be uh, measured. And so we're starting to see a lot of venues uh, ties being measured. For example, churches are measured a lot. Um, movie theaters are measured a lot uh, because there are complaints that movie theaters are too loud. And I was in a movie theater last week and it was mind-blowingly loud. Mm. Um, then you can also do gym because a lot of people in the spinning classes, they crank up that volume like it's a concert. 
and I really hope that they're wearing earplugs because they're really endangering their hearing health here. Uh, people, you know, they even do parks or libraries or water parks or um, even workers in industrial factory settings have been using the app and act just for the data so that they could show their uh, managers exactly how loud their places are. So we intend to, to accumulate all that data anonymously and share it with these trade associations to help educate these venues on what they can do to help preserve the hearing health of people in those spaces. Looking at Soundprint's website, I was really impressed to see so much press coverage. You've been in The Times, The Guardian, which is where I discovered you, Time Magazine, Oprah Magazine, Fast Company, the list goes on. It's really good. So what are they all saying about you, uh, Greg? And why do you think now is such, it's such a hot topic? Why now? I think the real reason why this has become such a hot topic is, one, everybody can relate to this, even though there hasn't been a lot of... Um, write-ups and talking about this in the media. I mean, there has been, but not to a huge amount that we've seen over the last three to four years. We all have years. We all have a sense of when, you know, something is incredibly loud. We just never really had a means by which to do anything about it and to be educated about what truly makes something loud or not. So that's one part, is that we can all relate to it. Second, I think that noise-induced hearing loss is a serious a uh, viable rising public health issue. The world has become noisier. Um, you know, they used, you hear people say, oh, they say about the expectation in their own life. You know, when I hit 60 or 70, I'm sure I'm going to get hearing loss. Well, when you approach people who are 60 and 70 and they can't hear you, there's a certain acceptance in our society that that's the age level we all get hearing loss. But I'm starting to see and heard where Due to the noisier world, people are starting to lose their hearing at an earlier age. You're starting to see it with people in their 40s and their 50s. And it may or may not even show up on an audiogram to get tested. And, and the reason is that there's a theory called hidden hearing loss that I've heard. I'm not an expert in it, but I'm going to use the analogy of somebody losing their hair. When you first recognize you're losing your hair, you likely have already lost 50% of your hairs. So it's the same thing with an audiogram, where when an audiogram begins to pick up that you have hearing loss, you already have lost 80% of your hearing, your, your, your hair cells that have been damaged. And so what this shows is that a lot of times people say, well, I'm having, you know, I'm having trouble hearing in a noisy place, but I have normal hearing. It must be because I'm getting old. Most likely it's because you have noise-induced hearing loss. You know, you know the cities that people live in are noisier. The trucks that people hear running by are noisier. Some of the sirens that people have, you know, that hear the emergency ambulance sirens are louder. And the smartphones that are playing a lot of music are really loud. People are blasting them to unhealthy levels. And so there's really a serious... Um, issue in terms of productivity and economic impact of people losing their hearing early on. And this plays a part in restaurants. A lot of restaurants used to be places for conversation. Now there's this element of being an entertainment venue and they blast music to make it fun and exciting. So that's another trend that I see. 
Um, as for the app specifically, I think what the app does is, you know, with the advent of smartphones of like the iPhone uh, and the Android within the last 15, 20 years, it really has enabled two things. It really enables people to uh, advocate for themselves and educate themselves on sound levels. And so when you're in a noisy place and you want to make a noise complaint or to ask the manager to lower the volume, you know, it's hard to, without evidence, go up to somebody and just say, look, it's just noisy for me. Can you just lower it? And the manager goes, well, that's what we normally do. It's totally acceptable noise volume. That's what the manager, the higher up said that I have to play the music app. Well, a lot of times I do this myself. I show them my app and go, are you truly aware of how loud this is? You're endangering your own hearing health of your patrons, of your employees. And um, a lot of times you'll see the look on their face of like, oh, I had no idea it really is that mm. loud. And that's because people don't have a sense of what is truly dangerous. Like things have become noisier and noisier. So that's another reason why the app is popular. And also in a noisier world, people want quieter spots. They want to know how loud something should or shouldn't be. They want to know what the expectation is. And there really wasn't any data that allowed them to do that from an objective standpoint. And Soundprint uh, offers that. And uh, to date, if you're by the metric of the number of downloads and the number of um, sound shift measurements that have been done, people are responding to it. And people are asking for the data. They're very curious about it. And the media picks up on this because you know, they're interested in it, but a lot of times you get follow-up stories right after the first story hit. They want to do another piece because the response to the first piece was so much higher than they anticipated. When we first launched, Bach did a piece on us, and uh, but I remember the writer saying that it was the most highly responsive piece she's ever done, and they did two follow-up pieces. So wow. That's something we also see as well. I'd also like to ask you about age demographics. We did a survey at QuietMark towards the end of last year. We called it a National Noise Report. And we were looking at people's attraction to quiet appliances. And, you know, there's an assumption that older people will want quiet appliances, younger people won't mind so much. But we actually found that 66%, so two-thirds of UK 18 to 34-year-olds would like a quieter home. And 63%, another two-thirds of UK 18 to 30-year-olds, would be willing to pay more for quieter appliances. It was actually higher uh, amongst younger people than it was in older people in our surveys. Does the same resonate with you uh, in terms of demand for quiet restaurants? Yeah, that definitely resonates. I remember when uh, we initially launched the app, I had a strong thought or sense that mostly older people would use the app. And a lot of older people do use the app. And by older, I mean, uh, you know, about the age of 35. But I was very surprised when to see the data that a lot of young people use the app as well. Part of it is because they're very technically, you know, proficient at using the apps. Uh, but also because uh, I think there's a misnomer where people presume that it's just because you're, you know, the app is for noise-sensitive people only or for people with hearing loss or other sensory disorders. But we find that a lot, there's a good number of people who use the app for behavioral situations. So people may have perfectly normal hearing or noisy venues don't always bother them, but they want a noisy, I'm sorry, they want a quieter venue 
for a particular situation, whether that's a date, which I can obviously relate to, whether it's a business networking meeting, maybe the family wants to go out for a quiet dinner, maybe they just want to study in a quiet spot in a coffee shop. And so the data does show that, you know, younger people do use the app a lot higher than I initially thought. That's a good point. My uh, eldest daughter's 24, you know, she works from home, but she, uh, that generation are having to sort of house share in order to be able to afford property and the houses can be loud sometimes they want to go to a coffee bar just so they can get on with some work uh, for the day and so yeah the app will really help them find the quieter spaces to get on with the work they want to focus on yeah but you know what's interesting about that is um people don't just use the app to find quiet uh spots they also use it to find you know loud party spots when the <laughs> coffee venue specifically i've had a lot of remote workers say I don't use the app to find quiet spots. I want moderate spots because I want to be able to talk on the phone, do a call in the coffee venue. No, I won't bother other customers in the shop. So there's a lot of different uses uh, that people use for the app. So you've had your first sort of two to four years. What can we expect in the next two to four years? The next two to four years, uh, we expect to grow the database significantly, uh, domestically. Uh, we also want to continue expansion into the UK, into Europe, into other countries. We also want to expand beyond uh, the venues that we talked about, beyond hospitality, like gym, offices, park, library. Re- really gather the data and write to the trade associations there to give them the data, the chair to them and say, like, this noise level is a significant issue. And then the big thing we really are going to be working on is really building out the platform to connect the venue managers with acoustical uh, companies, such as acoustical designers and consultants. When users take sound check measurements uh, and make a noise complaint, we are going to contact them, explain to them what the data means, you know, how they could be potentially losing 10% of their revenue. You know, a lot of customers leave a place and don't go back and venue managers don't know why. And a lot of, a lot of it can be contributed to an unpleasant sonic experience and, uh, give them inexpensive tips on what to do and then, uh, give them options on how to acoustically treat it through potential partners. And so that's the platform we're really excited. Uh, to be building out in the near term. In the long term, we just really want to become the future source of all things that are data related to acoustics and sound. Um, Every time somebody makes a sound check, they're contributing to that mission where we share it with the World Health Organization, World Hearing Forum, and public health researcher for evidence-based data on whether the world is getting quieter or noisier and uh, which restaurants, uh, you know, which areas in uh, certain cities uh, endanger the hearing health. For example, on the Lower East Side in Manhattan, more than 50% of the restaurants, not bars, restaurants endanger the hearing health patrons. So we're able to identify the areas where the venue managers definitely will benefit from some hearing health awareness. Well, Greg, I love it. You've really created something which empowers people, helps restaurateurs, provides a fantastic service and is really lovely to use. It's got such a great interface and uh, 
I've really enjoyed getting to know the guy behind the magic. It's a, a fantastic story, and thank you so much for taking the time to share it with us today. Thank you. It's been a wonderful uh, talking to you and being on the show, so thank you for the time. Appreciate it. What a lovely guy. Our thanks to Greg for taking the time to talk to us on the Quiet Mark podcast and to Sharon at Soundprint for helping to arrange that session. It was really interesting to hear Greg talk about his business Soundprint. And if you'd like to download the app, you can find it on, as Greg said, the App Store or the Google Play Store or via their website, which is soundprint.co. That's soundprint.co. I've enjoyed using it myself, as I said in the program, and I thoroughly recommend it. As you heard Greg say, if a restaurant's too loud, it can lose repeat custom, and that could be costing restaurateurs up to about 10% in revenue every year. So if you are a restaurateur or you have a friendly local and you think their place may be a bit too loud, then perhaps share the app with them. And also, you could point them in the direction of some QuietMark certified solutions that can improve acoustics within their restaurant. If you go to quietmark.com, and you choose the building sector section or the acoustics academy, you'll see that you can choose building types. And there in commercial, under retail, you'll find restaurant and you'll find a whole host of other building types for the complete built environment. And when you click on restaurant, you can choose from a selection of acoustic application areas, be it exterior sound control, sound buildup and reverberation control. It might be sound reduction of walls, floors and doors, impact footfall sound control and ventilation and heating systems. So if, for example, you select sound buildup and reverberation control, you'll see a variety of product types, including ceilings, decorative features, floor finishes, furniture, lighting, wall finishes, meeting rooms, pods and booths, from a selection of brands including Basware Acoustic, Buzzy Space, Rockfon, Candine Design Flooring, Sangaban Ecophon and Armacote Acoustic. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Quiet Mark podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and that you can join us for future episodes. Until then, take care and goodbye. Bye for now. Bye.